hadn't quite thought about it like that. <laughs> Tall task before me. Thank you for being here. Appreciate so much your presence. If you are a member, we're grateful that you're here. If you are visiting, we are honored that you've come our way. We want to encourage you to come back. Thank you for being willing to come today to worship with us. And we pray that the time that you spend here, will, you will feel welcome, wanted, and loved. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to consider the work here. Love to have you come and join hands with us as we try our best to make Christ known in this community, and not just here, but around the world. In our lesson today, I want to just talk for a moment or two about one question. How will you be remembered? That's a powerful question, isn't it? My first introduction to the grim reality of death was when I was just a few days shy of eight. My grandfather died on June the 1st. I remember on June the 3rd going to the funeral home for the very first time in my life. It made a very deep and lasting impression upon my life. Quite frankly, it was difficult for me to try to reconcile the whole concept of death as a young fella. And yet I know today that the Hebrew writer said, it is appointed unto man once to die. After this comes the judgment in Hebrews 9, 27. Down through the years, I, like many of you, have been to the funeral home on far, far too many occasions. We've done so for the purpose of encouraging loved ones and friends. And there have been times when we have been the family members and people have come to express their concern, love, to offer words of comfort. And then following the visitation, as you well know, many of us have made our way to the cemetery. And we have stood at the side of an open grave, committing the one that we've known and loved sometimes for years and years, committing that soul or committing that body to the ground to await the resurrection. It's very sobering. Again, I can't tell you how many funeral services I've been to have no way of knowing how many I've conducted, have no way of identifying how many times I have stood at the cemetery and bid goodbye to someone that either I knew and loved, some occasions I didn't even know the person. I've just asked to say some words on their behalf and on behalf of the family. I want you to think about this. There's coming a day when your friends and your family members will attend your visitation. You ever thought about that? There's coming a day when your friends and your family members 
They're going to the funeral home. They will make your arrangements. They will decide what to bury you in. The type of casket that, you, that will be used to bury you in. And then they're going to have to decide where you're going to be buried if that decision hasn't already been made. They're going to have to pay for someone to open that grave and then close it. And there will be people that will gather at the cemetery and they'll stand right beside your casket and they will say goodbye to you from an earthly vantage point. So when your friends and your family members assemble to place you in the ground, as they leave the cemetery, what thoughts do you think will flood their mind? What will people say about you? Let me just ask this question. How will your family remember you? How's your family going to remember you? Dad, what are your children going to say about you? When they contemplate the context of your life, what's going to flood their memory? Are they going to think about your strong leadership in the home? The fact that you had been that spiritual leader that your dad sought to bring you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That he taught you what it would mean to be a man. To demonstrate integrity, character, honesty, trustworthiness, purity. Mom, what will your children say about you? What will your children have to say about you? My mom is right now in the very final stages of Parkinson's. Her breathing has become extremely labored. And I know that her time is short on this earth. I know that. And so I've got to reconcile in my mind what my memories will be of her. So as a child, what do you think about your mom? Steady? Someone, as Paul said, who was guiding the house? Who demonstrated unconditional love day in and day out? Who had the ability to just make everything better when the world seemed to be crashing down around you? Mom, let me ask this question. How will your husband remember you? Faithful? Loving? Will you remember your husband as someone who loved you to the depth that Christ loved the church? 
Are they going to remember those warm embraces? The kind words, the expressions of love? I mean, is that, is that what you're going to think about? Dad, how are you going to remember mom? Somebody that was in your corner standing by you? Someone that you knew without a shadow of a doubt would go to war for you if the need were to arise. See, these are questions that come to mind. One day, your family will think of you in the past tense. What about your friends? What kind of friends do you have in this life? You know, Paul said on one occasion at my first defense, no man stood with me, all men forsook me. Paul surrounded himself with a number of friends and co-laborers. People at one time that no doubt had been so supportive of him. But on that occasion, no one stood with him. What about your friends? You know, the wise man said many years ago, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Are you a faithful friend? Are you somebody that can be counted upon? When you die, how are your friends going to remember you? What are they going to think about? Just like your family. Friends and family members have the opportunity to see us day in and day out, sometimes seven days a week. If anyone knows us in many respects, it is our family and that inner select circle of friends. It's not just casual acquaintance. But rather, I'm talking about somebody that you genuinely love, that you've spent a lot of time with. You have maybe spent holidays with. You've gone on vacations together. You've eaten together. You've shared many, many hours together. What are they going to say about you? Let me ask this question. Once you're gone, what will people have to say about your faith? I'm reading the scriptures of people that had strong faith. The apostles who said to Jesus on one occasion, increase our faith. Paul said, we walk by faith and not by sight. I can look at Hebrews chapter 11, and I read of a whole host of people that live by faith and obedience to God. When people think of your name one day, will faith resonate in their minds. Do you remember it was said in the long ago of the ancient patriarch, he being dead yet lives. I can think of some people that in years past were very close to me. And they helped to shape and to form my way of thinking, particularly in the realm of truth and scripture. 
been a profound influence on my life. And there are folks that I can think about in days gone by. And the thing that really stands out is their faith in God. Their genuine faith. You know, the Hebrew writer said, without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing to Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Are you walking by faith? Are you demonstrating a life of faith each and every day? Is your life consistent with what the Bible teaches when it talks about a person of faith? Is it genuine faith or is it just superficial? When you need it, you call on it. Not much of a faith, really. I can read about Timothy. His grandmother and mother, Lois and Eunice. And Paul commended them for the genuine faith that they demonstrated. What about you? Will people talk about your faith and the tremendous example? There's a fellow that used to be a part of this church many years ago. never had the opportunity to meet him. His name was Nesby Sharp. There are some of you here today, you knew Brother Sharp. And I would say, just based upon what I know, he was probably one of the most influential men in this congregation. Just the way he lived. Never met him. But the things that I've heard about him spoke volumes, speak volumes. When your folks remember you, when your family and friends think about you, what are they going to say when it, when it comes to the focus of your life? You can tell a lot about a person by what he or she does in life, can't you? What is it that makes you tick? What's important to you? Cars? Guns? I mean, what is it that really makes you go in life? Trips? Vacations? Golf? Hunting? I mean, the list goes on and on. What's the focus of your life today? Can I tell you that whatever you're focused on today, that's how your family and friends will remember you. So what I want to know is, will they remember you as someone who accentuated the secular or the spiritual? What are they going to think? You know, Jesus said that we're to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And you remember He said in the long ago, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what makes you go? The house you live in? The automobile you drive, the clothes you wear, your position at work, is it all about work? I mean, is that the focal point of your life? Sadly, there will be children that will reflect back upon the lives of their parents. And you know what they're going to say? They just didn't have time for me. Too busy. Too preoccupied with their wants, their interests, their desires. 
Can I tell you one of the things that has come between, in many cases, the family? It's that small gadget that you have in your pocket right now. It's called the phone. I just heard one. We spend more time tuning the world out so we can look at that device. You know it's true. Some years back, I was at a restaurant on a holiday. I can't remember if it was Father's Day or Mother's Day. I looked across from where I was sitting, and there was a, a group of, I can't remember if it was four or five individuals. And here's what really struck me. Not one word was being said between them. They all had their phone out. Let me tell you what, that's a sad commentary on the world in which we live. We've become so obsessed with social media, and I would recommend in many cases, if you're on that stuff and you spend an inordinate amount of time on it, get off of it. It's a waste of time. And there are a lot of things that, quite frankly, folks don't need to know. So, what's your focus? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Let me tell you what. Either you are or you are not. And when you die, your family, they will know whether or not that was what was most important in your life. Did you know that? Now, there are a lot of folks, you can, let me tell you what, you can spin it any way, any way you want. And you can talk about how good a person was, but the bottom line is the facts are the facts. I can't gloss over the life of someone who didn't put the kingdom first. Can't be done. Not about to try to. What about your faithfulness? Are you faithful to God? That's a yes or no question. Either you are or you're not. There's no gray area, no fence riding. Either you are faithful to God or you are not. When you die, you will either die in the Lord or outside the Lord. Remember what John said, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord? Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. How faithful are you? I mean, how faithful are you as a Christian? You all in? You all out? Are you riding the fence post? When Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, he said, Christ who is our life. If the Lord Jesus Christ is not your life, you're not faithful. Period. Don't know how I can make it any plainer. I don't want you to leave here today with a misunderstanding about what it means to be a Christian. Either you're all in or you're not. Just that plain. Let me ask this question. 
What kind of future lies before you? You ever talk to somebody who's lost a loved one? And the person they lost was not where they needed to be spiritually. You ever talk to somebody like that? I have seen folks, I have listened to people that have tried to the best of their ability to reconcile in their mind some way that their loved one who was not or who did not measure up to the standard of Scripture but in their heart of hearts, they're trying to somehow reconcile in their mind that maybe, just maybe, they'll make it. Now, I'm not the judge. I do know that Abraham said in the long ago, shall not the judge of all the earth do what's right? God's going to do what's right. The Lord doesn't need me on His advisory council determining who is and who isn't going to heaven. But I can tell you this, I can read what the Scripture says. And Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. I can observe the life of somebody and I know whether or not they were faithful to God and I can also come to a conclusion about whether or not, based on what I know, they have a home in heaven. Now there are things about people's lives that I don't know. It may be the case that externally, when people think of you, they think about a faithful Christian. But you know in your heart of hearts, deep down inside, you're not the person that you're portraying. You're really not what you claim to be. You don't walk the walk. You talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. Could I tell you, God knows David said in the long ago, Lord, you have searched me and known me. He said, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue, but lo, O oh Lord, you know it all together. God knows everything. He sees everything, and nothing escapes His attention. Not a single thing. Now, you might have things tucked away, and nobody can know about it, and they don't know about it. But I can tell you one that does know about it. And there is not one thing you can do to obstruct his view from how you're living. When the Apostle Paul faced the end of his life, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is later for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me in that day. Not to me only, but also to all who've loved the Lord. Imagine last night you stepped out into eternity. You had an automobile on the way home from the restaurant. You had a stroke, heart attack. You fell and hit your head. The doctors did everything possible, but they couldn't save you. This morning, your family's trying to grapple with the fact that you're not here anymore, that you're gone. And there's this flood of emotions that's just overwhelming them. And they're remembering the person that they knew and loved, spent time with. How will they remember you?
one day your family, one day your family, they will stand at the side of your open casket and they will say goodbye to you. It might be that you choose to be cremated. I conducted a funeral service for a young fella not too many years ago, 29 years of age, overdosed on heroin. When he was a young fella, I baptized him into Christ. His family made the decision that they would cremate him. We were allowed to go into a room and to visit, to comfort, to console, but also to pay our last respects to his earthly remains. His sister sat at his side and held his hand. Oh, he's gone. One day that's where you'll be. You'll be lying in repose. And people will walk by your grave or your casket. There are a lot of things that are going to flood their memory. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Abraham, the friend of God. David, a man after God's own heart. Paul, a tireless worker for the cause of Christ. Esther, a woman of valor. But then, what about Jezebel? Ahab? Demas? The who's who of the ungodly. You think people are going to reflect back on their lives and think good thoughts? They might think loathsome thoughts, but they're not going to think good things. In closing today, I want to ask you, how will you be remembered? You have the ability to create in the minds of others how you will be remembered. If you're not a Christian, I want you to just think about this. If you have never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you are not in Christ, and you're here today and you have had the opportunity to be exposed to what Scripture says, to understand that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came, lived, and died. That He gave His life for you. As Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than a man should lay down his life for his friends. Jesus died for you. You've got to be a person of faith, repentance, got to be willing to confess the name of Jesus before others, and then be immersed in water so that you can enjoy the forgiveness of your sins. Acts 2, verse 38. If you die before you obey the gospel, then your family, they're going to have to deal with the what ifs. What if he had lived? What if she had lived? You know what? She might have obeyed the gospel. He might have obeyed the gospel. When I became a Christian, there was an older lady that caught me in the parking lot on a Sunday, sunny morning. 
And she was congratulating me for becoming a Christian, as we often do. But she said, you know, my brother, years ago, we were just kids. He was sitting in the pew, and he was going to be baptized that Sunday morning or that Sunday. His buddy sitting next to him said, wait till next week. And you know what happened? She said he drowned that week. I'd been a long time since that event happened. What if? Are you faithful? You ever known somebody to die who is in Christ, but they died unfaithful? Not a lot you can say. Not a lot of comfort. Can't encourage. I can read what the Bible says. And I can try to comfort the family, but I can't assure a family or friends of a deceased person who died unfaithful to the Lord. I cannot give them false assurance. If you die unfaithful to the Lord, let me tell you, you're going to have eternity to ask this question. Why didn't I come back? I knew the Lord wanted me to be. I knew what I should have done, but I didn't do it. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let your memory be associated with an unfaithful life. It'll crush your family. It will crush them if you die unfaithful because they know but just no hope in closing today I want to encourage you you think about that open casket and I know you don't like to think about it but I want you to think about your body is in that open casket and that freshly dug grave that's your grave So how will you be remembered as we stand and sing?